everybody, and welcome to the ICS Pulse Podcast Special Edition. That's right. It's October. It's special. It's Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Uh, to celebrate this year, we're going to be doing a new series of podcasts, bringing back some of your favorite guests from our first year. This is going to be a quick one. It's going to include five quick questions on cybersecurity to each guest. We'll be dropping two or three of these every week, so please watch out for the next episodes. So uh, let's jump right into this. I am host number one, Gary Cohen. Joined as I'm always. host number dose, Tyler Wall. And I, I told you today was special one leading indicator. Today we're bringing back Eric Byers of Adolis Technology. Eric's an award-winning expert in the field of ICS OT security. He's a leader in international standards development and the creator of the Tofino Firewall, the world's most widely deployed ICS security appliance. Today, he's a CTO of Adolis Technology and is a leading authority on software supply chain security. Eric, You've been kind enough to come on a few times. You've done videos, podcasts, articles. We always love having you. Thanks so much for joining us again. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. You ready to jump into it? You bet. Let's go. Uh, let's talk Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So every October, we highlight some key behaviors. What should be basic cybersecurity functions? Multi-factor authentication, strong passwords, recognizing phishing. What do you think people should be focusing on this month? Well, overall, I think those are pretty good things uh, to start focusing on. Um, hopefully, all of our uh, uh, people in the ICS space have already done um, two-factor authentication, password management. If they haven't, they should probably just get off this, stop watching this podcast and go do it. <laughs> um, I mean, finish listening to the podcast first and then go do it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but if, if, if you don't have two-factor authentication and password management, and you're still expecting your staff to remember passwords, I mean, you are just asking for trouble. Um, so there those basic things. And I think that's really key because um, password management, uh, two-factor authentication, um, tools like that, uh, even better single sign-on systems, um, are taking the human element out of the the risk and out of the security risk equation. And I think that's really important because, you know, no matter how much we can harp at the users to pick strong passwords, um, you know, it's not human nature. Human nature is to do something you can remember. Um, you know, just for years, we tell people to do better. And quite frankly, it's not working. We've got to use the tools available and make it easy for people to do the right thing. So as we're heading towards 2024, and it's crazy that we're already talking about 2024, it feels like 2023 just started, but what trends or developments in cybersecurity are you particularly excited about? So a few things I'm very, very excited about. First of all, on sort of the regulatory environment. Um, in, in previous years, we had a mixture of some pretty um, good regulations and uh, frameworks uh, coming out, um, some really things that were supportive to the market. And we also had some real train wrecks uh, occasionally. Um, I won't call out any uh, government agency in particular today, but you know my opinion on a few of those. Um, and we're starting to see much more of a move towards uh, risk-based compliance, uh, risk-based security planning that I think is terrific. Um, and so, for example, in Europe, um, we're seeing the um, uh, Security Resiliency Act uh, coming out. Uh, it's still in draft form, but we're starting to see a move there. We're seeing something similar in the U.S. We're seeing um, and we're seeing companies start to adopt these. So I think that's really 
exciting to see um, this move away from box checking to uh, security by design, security um, by risk analysis. So that's a good overall trend. I'll start there. Can you share a memorable experience? You've been doing this in the ITO, uh, the OTICS space for a while. Can you share an experience or a case from your career that for you really highlighted the importance of cybersecurity? You don't have to name names or throw anybody under the bus, but if you feel like it, go ahead. <laughs> wow, it's hard to say where to start there. I mean, um, certainly I think for me, Stuxnet was an eye-opener because it it switched the, the game. I mean, I remember sitting... It was a sunny uh, August weekend, and I'm sitting on the beach uh, um, near my home and and looking at this. And this is before it got widely announced. And um, actually, I have to hand it to Joel Langle for pointing it out to me and saying, Eric, you got to start watching this. Um, and I'm going, uh-oh, there goes uh, all my weekends for the next year. And it was a pretty good description of what happened because... Um, that security incident really drove awareness into the industry that we were not immune um, to the things that was going on in the IT world. Um, and suddenly um, we were starting to get um, invitations to speak to the boards at major oil companies, things like that. It just pushed it up. And then we did the same thing um, a few years ago. It just got pushed up another notch um, when uh, two incidents occurred, one was the whole um, uh, solar winds incident, uh, which was a supply chain attack, and then the Colonial Pipeline. Um, it's just made um, OT security, ICS security, whatever you want to call it, uh, something that became important to the board, important to the senior management, and it stopped being sort of a side conversation. And as a result, I think that's really good. We've seen progress both, again, I gave some legislative examples and regulatory examples, but I see it in the companies today. There's just a different attitude. Companies are no longer saying, oh yeah, Joe, uh, the, the PLC expert looks after all OT security in this company. No, it, there's a program now. So we're really making some moves forward. Um, personally, I think uh, probably some of the, most interesting uh, cybersecurity events are ones that are more accidental. Um, one that I remember uh, that really, really struck me was um, a security event that came about um, at one of the large chemical companies. And it was because the um, operators had decided they wanted to be able to play games on the internet and night shift on the uh, uh, control system, um, HMIs. Um, and so they started changing IP addresses so they could get out onto the internet. You know, nobody was meaning to be malicious, but the results were really ugly. Um, and so it's often um, the way things go bad is because people don't understand the impact of their decisions. They don't understand what they're doing. And that's due to a lack of training and a lack of awareness. So in recent years, I mean, there have been plenty of cyber attacks. Now, I mean, it's kind of the parable of, you know, maybe have they been happening the whole time and now we're just starting to talk about them. But it I feels like there are definitely just more cyber attacks as a whole. Um, what have we learned from those recent major attacks? Well, the first thing we've learned is that OT is an interesting target to the bad guys. I mean, and I think there are way more attacks because simply... 
just like the defenders didn't know, you know, the executive management didn't know they had an OT system. The bad guys didn't know there was a, a juicy OT system to go after. I remember early S4 conferences or even the early conference that we ran at uh, the British Columbia Institute of Technology back in 2003, two decades ago. And, you know, there was only, you know, a couple of hundred people in the world that uh, were vaguely interested in, uh, we didn't call it OT security, then we called it uh, SCADA security of all things. Um, and very few people, unless you worked in a, in a plant floor, uh, even knew that SCADA, OT, ICS, whatever you wanted to call it, actually existed. So the bad guys are aware of us and they realize it's a good juicy target. Um, and there's money to be made, um, particularly if you're running a, a ransomware operation, but also if your job is to steal intellectual property secrets um, for your, your nation or the national uh, companies in your, uh, in your nation, you know, hacking control systems is um, a very uh, lucrative, um, profitable and uh, military, you know, and can also, you know, achieve some military objectives. So yeah, there's more attacks. There's no question. I'm not you sure I answered your full question there, but that's a start. Well, you mentioned Stuxnet earlier. I, I mean, I imagine it's not that we didn't know that it was possible to have physical consequences from a cyber attack, but I imagine that opened a lot of people's eyes on board, CEOs of companies who went, I didn't realize human safety was at risk here. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was, it it opened eyes. It um, People who made a living on control systems uh, generally knew that there were some issues there. But anybody sort of one level away had no idea that the control system even existed, never mind attack. You know, I, and, and that was one of the things that sort of, I found very quickly after Stuxnet, my first job was to explain to people what control systems were. And I was often the senior executive in the company they worked, they ran, that explained them what their control systems were doing. You know, they just, it it was in, control systems were in such a bubble two decades ago. It was such a little private place. Um, that's, we're no longer private. We're, everybody in the world is watching us. See, when I start talking to you, I just go off script and start chatting because I like talking to you. I'm going to get back on our cyber awareness script here. Uh, what emerging technologies do you see impacting the field of cybersecurity here in the near future? No question, artificial intelligence is going to impact us. First of all, um, in a bad way, the bad guys are already realizing that they can use AI to identify their victims and to uh, use them as, as a form of um, optimizing their attacks. For example, in the supply chain area, um, we've seen a number of uh, attacks uh, where the bad guys are using, um, basically um, tricking something like chat GPT to fool uh, developers into making bad decisions. Um, so we're already seeing AI being used in an evil way. Um, we've got to start using AI to get more efficient. We, we don't have time to manually do a lot of the things that we used to do. Um, response time has to be quick. Um, when you're dealing with a cyber attack or protecting yourself against a new attack. And right now, every day going and looking up hundreds and hundreds of vulnerabilities and trying to figure out if they apply to your plant is something that AI could do quickly. And um, as a security analyst, you sh should not be doing. It's a waste of your time. You should be looking at the results of the AI. So we're going. AI is going to have a huge impact over the next few years on optimizing 
the decision-making on defending our systems. I think that's probably the very first technology I see. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably the thing I, I'll stop there. So onto the last question here, it's going to be the most important question of your entire career. Um, what is your favorite movie that has something to do with cybersecurity, movie or TV show? Wow. Hmm. My favorite movie. I, I, I remember, I remember it's, it's not my favorite movie. It's my most memorable movie that drove me nuts. It was Independence Day. Um, and you guys probably remember where the guys were hacking into the alien, uh, spaceships. Now that was a long time ago when there was a lot of, um, inc uh, incompatibility between control systems. I remember looking at that and saying, oh, come off it guys. I can't get two control systems. I'm trying to talk to, to work. Um, and, uh, you know, to talk together. I can't get that ABB system over there to talk to my Alan Bradley, never mind a, an alien system that I don't have a user's manual for. Um, you know, go move 30 years ahead. And actually, it's interesting that um, hacking uh, control systems actually is something that is possible now, um, partly because of the way that, in a good way, we've made it possible to standardize the way we communicate. Uh, it's no longer little islands of of uh, communications, um, little islands of automation. We've actually made some progress and that's made automation so much more efficient. But that movie also, uh, when I thought it was absolutely ridiculous 30 years ago, unfortunately, I think it's probably, it might actually be uh, somewhat predictive of what's happening today. Yeah, we haven't actually gotten that movie yet. And I think that is a, a fantastic movie in its own right. But yeah, I didn't even think about it from that perspective, but... Yeah, excellent movie choice. Um, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks. It's uh, been fun. And uh, um, good luck, everybody out there. And uh, stay secure. And uh, yeah, keep working on this. And make sure you're tuning in all month as we release more episodes from the Cybersecurity Awareness Month series. And don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag BeCybersmart on social media for this month. If you forget, it will, of course, as we've said before, uh, it will be 10 months of bad luck upon you. So it's best you do use the hashtag BeCybersmart. Um, we've also got all kinds of Awareness Month content on our site at ICSPulse.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe out there. Mm -hmm.